The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. God is more than enough to meet my security needs. And this is part four of our series, God is more than enough. God is not just enough. God is more than enough. God is not just sufficient. God is more than sufficient. Our text remains the popular or the most popular psalm in the Bible, Psalm 23, and we are going to read together from verse 1 to 6 from the NKJV, and it goes, 1, 2, go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It makes me to lie down in green pastures. It leads me still waters. It restores parts of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God is more than enough to meet our security need. God is more than enough to meet our security needs. It's more than enough. I mean, human beings, we have different needs. Things we need. And the economics, you know, we tell us Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, and, you know, looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, in my mind, I'm like, Ah, if this guy had just read Psalm 23, <laughs> all these discoveries that he's talking about is already in the Bible. David enumerated all these needs and he showed that God is more than enough to meet. And one of the needs that Maslow highlighted in the hierarchy of needs is, is um, economist, I hope I'm, I'm in line, right? Okay, good. <clears throat> is Security is security. It's man's need for security. And God is bigger than your need for security. Your God is bigger than your need. Your God is bigger than your need. means your God will cater for your need and there will still be more. Praise the name of the Lord. So we experience fear when our security is threatened. In fact, that's, that's why a lot of people live in fear. We are so security conscious that, you know, when we feel a slight threat to our security, oh, there's fear tries to creep in. Fear tries to grip our hearts. Fear tries to make us redundant. Fear actually tries to make us disillusioned sometimes. You know, fear is a horrible thing. People 
under fear can be disillusioned. They see their friends as their enemies. They see their enemies as their friends. If they are afraid of, of this, they are afraid of that. They are afraid of, I mean, physical fear. Fear of a physical need is it's big. Fear of safety. Somebody wants to hurt me. Who wants to harm me? Who is after my life? <laughs> Who have I offended? Praise the name of the Lord. And sometimes, you see, while it is a legitimate need, like Maslow teaches us, we can become entrapped by that fear if we don't take it to where it is met and sort it out. It's natural for women to want security. In fact, one of the main reasons women marry is for security. A woman will soon discover that Okay. <laughs> Last week, the men had a conversation with me that, Pastor, you were really jabbing us in front of our wives. So I apologize for that, guys. But it's the word of God. There's nothing anybody can do against it. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So, women, you know, security need is, is big, you know. You want a man that can take care of you, take care of your children. You want an arm that you can put your head upon and feel safe. It's a natural need. It's, it's, not, it's not bad. But you see, we shouldn't allow fear to drive us. Because when fear drives, fear drives, fear is a dangerous master. Very dangerous, master. So we have fear. We have emotional fear. We have financial fear. We have able to pay my rent. We have able to provide for my family. We have able to. We have financial fear. We have health fear. You've not been exercising, so you feel some pain. Oh, maybe it's an arrow. It's not an arrow. Go and jog. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. You feel a small bump. Oh, I pray it's not cancerous. It will not be cancerous. Say amen. amen. And every plant that my Heavenly Father has not planted shall be uprooted. So we allow fear to drive us, fear of the future. What will happen to my children? What will happen to this? What will happen to that? What will happen to this? And not many things destabilizes the human being like fear. Not many things destabilizes the human being like fear. But you see, I've been sent this morning to say to you that your God is bigger than your fear. Praise the name of the Lord. I've been sent to say to you that God is bigger and God is more than sufficient, more than enough. So, craving for security, physical, emotional, financial, and all that is, it's, it's natural. It's natural. 
Like the story that was told about a little girl that has a dog and she will, she became a teenager, she will not let this dog go. Why? Why? Because her mom and her dad are always fighting. There's no peace in the house. Talk, everybody obviously don't have time for the girl, you know. So, the doll has a button and before she sleeps, she presses that button and the doll says, I love you. So, she owes the doll. So, she, she, she says she can't let the doll go because... That's our emotional security. That, that at least she knows some, some, something loves her on earth. If not someone. Something. And many of us can look at that girl and can shake her head. But you see, we, we, we have our own types of doors. The things we go to and we press. To say that you are strong. You are loved. You appreciate it. For some people, it's their car. For some people, it's their computer. For some people, it's one toy or the other. They need to get the affirmation. They need the form of security. And God is saying to you this morning, I am your security. I am the one that can actually wrap his arms around you and say, I love you. And I am not a doll. Praise the name of the Lord. So David is teaching us in Psalm 23 that God is more than enough. More than enough. So like David, having the Lord as your shepherd means he's more than enough to meet your security needs. All your security needs. God is more than enough to meet it. All your security needs. All my security needs. God is more than enough to meet it. And it's verse 4 that you know, we are looking at today. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And next week, at the God will do it again service. I'm really excited about it. Guess what we are looking at? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil, my cup running over. It's only God that can arrange that. <laughs> Believe me. It didn't work out to me until this morning. Or rather, yesterday I was like, okay, you know. It was just in line with what God has been telling me. Just amazing. Totally excited. But let me do today's own. Psalm 23, verse 4. It says, even when. I walked through the darkest valley. The NLT says, when I walked through the darkest valley. Not, not if I walked through the va- darkest valley. It's a function of time. Not if, it's a when. You are going to go through a period that is like the, sh- the, the valley of, of, of shadow, of death. Everybody is going to go through it. It's like, it's like, it's a tough place to be. You know, after tribe on Wednesday, a lady sent me an SMS, and she said, she's, I mean, I've had a few interactions with her. She's, she seems to be a very sound Christian. And she said to me that until she came to God's baby house, she did not know Christians should suffer or their suffering in anything called Christianity or how a Christian should handle suffering. And I was like, wow. She was like, all she knew is that I have faith for it. God says it. I believe it. That settles it. That is a pseudo gospel 
is not complete. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus says, if any will be my disciple, he should what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and, and follow me. And she's like, she has never seen it before. I'm like, wow, wow, wow. So David is saying, when I go through the darkest valley, when, and when we go on in, in the NKJV, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the valley looks like death. It's a shadow. It is not death. You think it's going to kill you, it's not going to kill you. You think you've come to an end, it is not the end. It feels like it, it, it smells like it, it tastes like it, but it is not death. Praise the name of the Lord. It is a shadow. Everybody say shadow. It's a shadow. The enemy like a lion goes about roaring. He is not a lion. He's like a lion. And we need to understand that. And that's the first thing we have to establish. You know, sometimes, you see, the path that the shepherd takes the sheep leads through valleys so deep that the sunshine is actually blocked. There are certain paths that God will take you through that it is daytime, but it's so dark. It's daytime, it's so dark. You see, and that sends a panic signal to the sheep because sheep don't like darkness. They don't like night because it is at night that the hyenas come. It is at night that the foxes come, that the wolves come. So when a sheep feels darkness or sees darkness, it panics. It panics. And like you and I, you know, some of us, you're in a place when it's like everything is dark. And you are panicking. God is saying to you, (laughs) don't panic. Don't panic. You know why you will not panic? I'm going to show you in a bit. God takes his sheep through the darkest valley for a couple of reasons. You know, sometimes it is a necessary path. The Jews, why did they have to go through the Red Sea? Do you know, if you look at that map, you, you see that they, don't have, they actually didn't have to go through the Red Sea. God sometimes, because I'm sure they didn't have GPS at the time, so God sometimes used the limitation of our knowledge to take us through where he wants to take us through. If they had GPS, some of them would say, ah, Moses, Moses, there's a way around that wilderness. But they were just following. God took them through the Red Sea because by the time he, as the pillar of fire in front, the shepherd of his flock, the pillar of cloud behind, the protector of his flock, leads his people through the Red Sea. They saw the sea parted and they went through it. By the time they got to the other side, they saw the sea close by, close back. Guess what? In their minds, there's no going back to Egypt. God takes you through the darkest valley so that by the time you are out, 
you can say, no turning back, no turning back. By the time you come out, you, you look at what God has taken you through, and you're like, there's no way I'm going to go back to Egypt. So God, sometimes as a master shepherd, uses the experience to give us deliverance from Egypt. So the question is, are you down in the valley? Does the location look like the valley situation? It's dark, it's dingy, it's, it's, it's scary. It's like there are wild dogs and the, the foxes, the hyenas, the wolves. It's like they're just roving around. You see? I have good news for you this morning. From the word of God through David. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what? It's not though I pitch my tent in the valley of the shadow. I am going through the valley of the shadow of death. You may be going through a valley situation, but you are going through it. You are going to come out on the other side. In the name of Jesus. You are going through it. You are going through it. And that is why seasons like this are indispensable. Indispensable. Indispensable to invest in prayer. Indispensable to, to get locked with your shepherd, to get integrated and intimate with God. Seasons like this are so powerful because they not only strengthen you and empower you for the current valley, they infuse you with strength for the valleys to come. We are not just having daily vigils because we are crazy. We are not just having daily visits because we are jobless. <laughs> oh no, far from it. We are not just having daily visits because we are fanatics. We are having daily vigils because we need all of God. And this season, we will break the back of the darkness. In the name of Jesus. We will experience total freedom. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we see here that even though David finds himself in the valley filled with danger, even though fear creeps in on him, even though he recognizes the fear, Psalm 23 tells us that David determined that he will not allow his circumstances to dominate his emotions. You know, isn't that the struggle of a lot of us. Our circumstances make a lot of effort to dominate our emotions. Our circumstances try to pressure us to be moody, to be nasty, to, to, to have a foul emotion, to create tension in the, in, in, in the people we do life with. Our circumstances try to put fear in us. David says, no, 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 no. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's like it was a decision. It's like David is saying, even though I am walking through this valley of the shadow of death, I, Olufebi Munei, 
I will fear no evil. David was saying, I will fear no evil. It was as if he was making up his mind and he was, he was deciding, he was resolute. I will fear no evil. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. David doesn't deny the reality of the fear. David doesn't try to fake it. He's not, he's not trying to, to wish it away. He's not trying to suppress it. No, 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 no. David is saying, I recognize that I'm going through a valley. And I'm recognizing that the valley is so dark. And dingy. It's so dangerous. I know there are foxes. I know there are hyenas. I know there are wolves. But I will fear no evil. I will not be afraid. So if, if somebody say, says to you that um, just be spiritual, you will never get discouraged. Just be spiritual. It's a lie. It's a big fat lie. You will never, once, oh, once you're spiritual, you will never be afraid. It's a lie. So, so pastor, are, are you saying it's possible to feel fair even though you're spiritual? Yes. Oh. So, what do I do with it? What David did with it. David says to us, even though I'm not denying this fear, even though I'm not denying this situation, I will fear no evil. How do you know somebody that will fear no evil? Do life with them. A man that is afraid of evil, if, if, if they just say to him that at work, that hmm, there's a list coming out and it's a list of retrenchment. The man that fears evil, we get home, even the cats, we know there's a problem. The cats, we know. Our guy is not happy today. <laughs> but the truth is that a man that will fear no evil, even they tell him the list is coming out, he gets home, hugs his wife, where's my food, eats his food, oh, plays with his children, prays to his God, and goes to sleep. I will fear no evil. So, David says, in spite of how everything looks in the valley, in spite of how everything smells, everything feels, it feels gloomy, I won't succumb to the fear. And it's a decision you have to make. I will not succumb. So, what made David strong? What, what made him strong? Is it just wishful thinking? David was just a wishful thinker, a positive thinker. You know, David was just thinking positively. You know, was that, was that what's going on here? You know, I, 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 I was, you know, when I'm commuting, sometimes my radio is on, you know, and I listen to all sorts of shows, and it's interesting. You know, I was listening to one of the shows, and the guy was like, you know, they were talking about about black magic. And the guy was like, oh, it's just in your mind that if you don't believe it, it cannot affect you. If you don't... <laughs> I said, kill him more, more. You know, <laughs> what does a child know? 
Oh, that's, that's, oh, it is. Just don't, just don't believe it. But if you've seen enough of life, you know that is not true. Praise the name of the Lord. So, was David trying to, trying to wish it away? Of course not. If you read further, you will understand why David's confidence came from. Verse 4, it says, For yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, semicolon. For you are with me. So, David's confidence comes from God's presence. David's confidence came from God's presence. This is the presence of God that is the key to security. Physical security is the presence of God. Emotional security is the presence of God. Financial security is what? It's the presence of God. Health security is the presence of God. Future security is the presence of God. The key to security is the presence of God. Why will you fear no evil? Because you are intelligent, because you are smart, because you have a good job, because you have a, an handsome husband or a beautiful wife, why will you fear no evil? Because God is with you. Because you are with me. So, like somebody said, I mean, very aptly so, that safety is not absence of danger. <laughs> safety is in the presence of the Lord. Safety is not absence of danger. Safety is in the presence of God. Now, many of us try to eradicate danger. And it's good. It's responsible to do it. It's responsible to get rid of danger. But you see, ultimately, safety comes from the presence of the Lord. When we first got married, you know, it used to be a big problem. Well, it still is today but not to that magnitude, of locking the door. I just sleep. I don't lock the door. My wife says, have you, have you locked the door? I say, oh, let me check. <laughs> that means no. <laughs> I could lock the door. Why? Because I don't know. Women just want the doors locked, the windows bolted. <laughs> if they can put a guard on the AC vent, for some reason, they will. So, while it is responsible, and I know it's responsible to, to lock the door, I'm not saying sleep without your doors, with your, with your doors open, but really, safety comes from the presence of God. You can be in a house filled with seven layers of burglary proofs and still be in fear. So, fear has nothing to do Primarily with the burglary proof. Fear has everything to do with God's presence in your life. You can have a hundred million dollars and still be afraid that you'll go bankrupt tomorrow. Do you know that? And fear is still, you, you know, somebody has a hundred million dollars and is still afraid. Meanwhile, another person only has 10,000 naira and is happy. Today, oh, I'll lift up my hands. <laughs> for I do. You are always there for me. Almighty God. 
You are my all in all. Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? It's God's presence. It's God's presence. So, we should stop looking externally for our security. Our security comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Not externally. Not externally. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, if you look at a, a child that, you know, maybe there's thunder, lightning at night, and Nepa strikes, or PHCN now strikes, and the generator is not working, and the boy is scared, and runs to daddy's room, right? He goes to daddy's room, and he crawls up and sleeps between daddy and mommy, you know, and even though he could not sleep in his room, once he gets on daddy's bed, what happens? He sleeps. Even though there's still thunder, it's still raining, there's still darkness, but the boy sleeps. Why? Why would he sleep? Because daddy is here. He doesn't know that this is a friend of Ojuju. <laughs> All he knows, all he, all he knows is that, oh, once daddy is here, Akuna Matata, you know, I have no troubles. And the same with our great shepherd, because he is near, the sheep is at peace. The sheep is not scared. The sheep can sleep, even in the valley of the shadow of death. Even while the lightning and the thunder is striking, I can still put my head on Jesus' bosom and sleep off like a baby. Because I know he is dead. That's why he said to his disciples in his tomb, that don't you have faith? Where is your faith? How can I be in the ship and you think it's going to capsize? What should have happened is this. When Peter was evacuating the ship of all the water, everybody was trying to do that. And they noticed that Jesus was at the basement with a pillow sleeping. Listen, the Bible says with a pillow for a purpose. Anyone that carries a pillow and puts his head wants to sleep. (laughs) So he just didn't fall asleep by chance. He carried a pillow and he went to sleep. Guess what God expects us to do? Peter, John, I see Jesus sleeping. I see the sun. Hmm? Me too. I just go and perch. You know? When Jesus wakes up, you should see everybody perching around him, sleeping like a baby. What do you think would have happened if that was the case? Do you think that ship would capsize? It can't capsize. The one that made the storms and the wind and the waves is in the ship. That's why they say, what manner of man is this? Even the, the wind, they hear his voice, they obey because he created the heavens and the earth. So if Jesus is in your ship, you don't need to be afraid. If God is your shepherd... You can fear no evil. Praise the name of the Lord. 
So when you realize that God is all that you have, then you discover that God is all that you need. When you realize that God is all that you have. But really, until you re- realize God is all that you have, if you think you have God and your rich uncle, if you think you have God and your husband, or you have God and your wife, or God and a good job, or God and a good business, or God and a good government, or God and a good system, you will really know. But when you realize that God is all you have, then you will actually discover that he is all that you need. That is why it takes us through the valley of the shadow of death. Because at the valley of the shadow of death, you realize that God is all you have. You realize. While you are in the midst of the Red Sea, in the Red Sea, parted, you are in the midst you know that I'm serving a God of miracles. <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. That is all you have. That is when you begin to actually embrace the fact that God is all you need. If you are still depending on a good degree, on your intellect, on your acumen, on your family line, or your family name, or this or that, You still won't get it. And, and you see, one major reason, you know, children trust their parents totally. Like that boy that crawls up in daddy's arms and, and sleeps, even though daddy too was afraid of a juju, he doesn't know, he doesn't care. He's just sleeping, you know. It's because they totally trust their parents' ability. The children totally trust their parents' ability. If you see a child that is on a story building, on a balcony, and daddy is downstairs, and, and the boy stands on that balcony and says, Daddy, should I jump? And Daddy says, jump. What will the child do? Children will jump. If an adult stays there, a wife stays there, and the husband stays, jump. <laughs> the wife says, hey. I knew you always wanted me to die so you can marry another. <laughs> I have been suspecting you all these years. Now I have proof. <laughs> but you see, the truth is that if I tell my wife to jump, she will jump. Honestly, I mean, you can ask her yourself. <clears throat> and she won't lie. If you know her very well, you know she will just say it as it is. <laughs> can your husband ask you to jump and you jump? Can you ask your husband to jump and he will jump? And say, jump, baby, I'm going to catch you. <laughs> can, you, can you say that? Really? <laughs> so we trust our parents because we, 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 we depend and we, we are confident in their abilities. I remember when I was in, in, uh, uh, in primary school, my mom 
was a mathematical genius to me. She could solve any math problem. In secondary school, she was teaching math and add math, further math. So, I mean, you know, and geography. So, I mean, any math problem I had, I go to my mom. She just scatters it. You know, there's a confidence you have when you know that you have a mother that is a mathematician. Do you understand? The confidence is, is you bounce in class, you know. You, so, I got into university, you know, year one, passed. You know, year two, I was in the class. I can never forget. I think it's MIT 201. Abstract algebra. Professor Adipoju, he goes on the board. He mesmerized us. And I was laughing. I said, look at you. All I need to do is get home and show my mommy this math. And she would just scatter it, you know. You know, everybody was dazed in class. I was laughing. Because even though I passed through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, <laughs> no evil. <laughs> but that's not the end of the story. So, <laughs> so I got home. I will never forget. She was in the kitchen uh, at K2. So I got home and I, and, I, and I greeted her and put down my bag. I went to her and I showed her oh, abstract algebra. <laughs> and for the first time in my life, I saw my mom confused <laughs> about a mad song. And she said to me, she said, Femi, I don't know it. It's like treason. It's like, it's like blasphemy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she, said, she said, I don't know it. I said, how can you not know it? <laughs> She says, I have taught you the one I know. Now go and use the one I've taught you to know this one for yourself. (laughs) Honestly, I felt exposed. I felt vulnerable. I felt I felt I could be attacked. Like my, my, my dad used to say to me, used to say to me that, I want to escort you to a place where you will not be afraid. I don't know how to say it in English better than that. I want to escort you to a place where you will not be afraid. You see, the truth about life is this. No matter how great the abilities of our parents are, they can only escort us thus far and no more. But yet, if God is your shepherd, no matter the darkest valley, no matter the complexity of the algebra, you can take it to him and he will solve it. So David can say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God doesn't diminish in power. Our parents' abilities may fail, but God is always more than enough. Always, always, always more than enough. And and he explains further what I know about your presence, about you, that makes me so confident. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, then 
another semicolon. It means, I'm explaining further, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Every shepherd carries a rod and a staff. Every shepherd carries a rod and a staff. Mostly the ones we see is the staff. The rod is a, is a club-like thing. It usually has a rope. They, they hang it, you know, but, you know, or they hold it, you know, or it's hung on their bag. But the staff is what we see. But every shepherd has the two. The rod is used to fight off any animal that attacks the sheep. Clubs it to death. That's why David said to Saul, the lion came, I clubbed it to death. I killed it. The bear came, I killed it. So every shepherd has a rod. The staff is used to rescue the sheep from trouble. So the rod and the staff, they comfort me, doesn't mean they pat my back. No, 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 no. I used to think so. They comfort me means they give me assurance. They give me comfort. They put my mind down. They make me relax. When I see your rod and your staff, I am confident. So the rod is a weapon of power. The rod is a weapon of power. When the ship is in the dark valley and he knows that the rod is in the hands of his shepherd, the ship knows no fear. Regardless of the foxes or the hyenas, even the bears. Because Psalm 62 verse 11 says, God has spoken plainly and I've heard it many times. Power belongs to who? To God. Power belongs to God. Power belongs to God. So the, the sheep knows that for the wolf to kill the sheep, it must first go through the rod of the shepherd. For the wolf to kill the sheep, the wolf must overpower that rod. And all the sheep are seen is that rod breaking the heads of hyenas. Praise the name of the Lord. So not only must the, must the wolf overpower the, the rod, the wolf must overpower the shepherd himself. Why? Because a good shepherd is willing to put down his life for the sheep. So the, the, the shepherd goes after the animal with the rod and with his life. That gives the sheep confidence. Confidence. Total confidence. But you know that's what Jesus did for us. He came and he laid his life down for us as a great shepherd. When God is your shepherd, you can be confident that no evil will prevail over you. Praise the name of the Lord. They will gather. Not my me, says the Lord. But everyone that gathers against you will fall because of you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And, and you have to know this. So the sheep trust the power and the loyalty of the shepherd. So the, the, the sheep trust the power and the loyalty of the shepherd. The sheep knows that this, my shepherd loves me so much. If push come to shove, this shepherd will die for me. So God is not only all-powerful. God is 100% loyal. He 
If you make God your shepherd today, not only will you discover that he's all-powerful, God is how many percent loyal? Is 100% loyal. 100%. So, the truth is this. If you are where God wants you to be, you are safer than anywhere else you could be. If you are where God wants you to be, you are safer than anywhere else you could be. If you are where God wants you to be, that's the safest place you could ever be. You are safer with God in a bad place than you are without God in what you think is a good place. Why? Because your God, your shepherd, is not only all-powerful, is 100% loyal to you. How many percent loyal to you? 100% loyal to you. 100%. I mean, that gives comfort, doesn't it? That puts your mind at, at rest, doesn't it? Regardless of what the numbers are saying, what the economy is saying, what the government, the policies are say, is saying, what, it doesn't matter. If you have the Lord as your shepherd, the rod of his power comforts you. He is all-powerful and is 100% loyal to, to me. Loyal to me. So, when David insisted that I will fear no evil, it's not only because of God's rod, which is God's power, but also because of his staff, which is God's grace. The staff is God's grace. The staff is the grace of a shepherd. Sheep always get into self-inflicted trouble. No, no creature gets it, puts himself in trouble like sheep. Ignorantly, that is. Self-inflicted trouble. They fall into the river. They can't swim. It is the staff. The staff usually has a hook on top, right? You've seen those shepherd staff. has a hook. The hook on top is not for fashion. It's to grab the sheep and drag the sheep out of the river. Sheep will usually get stuck in a thicket or trapped in a bush of thorns. The shepherd uses his staff to rescue the sheep. So the staff is the tool used to untrap the sheep. The staff is the tool that is used to untrap the sheep, to extend grace to the sheep, to offer release to the sheep. And the staff, in addition to delivering the sheep and delivering it from situation it got itself into, the staff is also used to keep the sheep within safe boundary. So, so when the sheep is getting towards the river, the shepherd knows that the depression here is very sharp and wants to lead his flock to the other side of the river where they can really stay and drink water without danger. But a sheep, one or two, you just say, ah, maybe this is water here. Wanting to go and why do we have to go to that? But the shepherd knows that if he leads his flock to this place, they will just stumble in and he will lose his, his sheep. But 
the sheep, the sheep will want to go, the staff. We keep it within boundary. But you see, sometimes, maybe a sheep has hung around a goat for so long. And wants to begin to behave like a goat. Then, the shepherd rarely will bring his rod and whack the sheep. So, if you miss the staff, you won't miss the rod. If you miss the word, you won't miss the rod. Uh, they are trying to align you, try to align you. You are this strong, you are doing strong. Pasha is coming. Pasha is Koboko. Praise the name of the Lord. If you've seen, have you seen where they've, you know, have you, you know, you have a shepherd and you have goat herds. You know goat herd, a goat herd. A goat herd is somebody that shepherds goats. <laughs> Best way to put it. I've seen one before. It's very strange. In the north, we're going for evangelism from one village to another. And we're on this road. And I saw this sheep grazing. Then after it, I saw this pack of goats also with their goated. But guess what? The goated was a young, well, a teenage boy. He was a very sharp boy. Do you know what he did? He tied rope from one goat to another goat. To an, he linked all of them by rope on their neck. But thinking about it, you know that's the best way to shepherd goats. <laughs> you will not be a goat. <laughs> Say amen. Well. Amen. So the rod is for the enemy. The staff is for the sheep. The rod is to deliver the sheep from the enemy. The staff is to deliver the sheep from itself. The rod is a tool of power. The staff is a tool of grace. And grace is where God gives you what you don't deserve and doesn't give you what you deserve. I know I'm, I'm packing a whole lot of things in there, but it's very useful. So, the grace of God is, is God giving you what, you what you what you don't deserve and not giving you what you deserve. Grace. That's grace. That's grace. So when the, 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 the sheep by itself still falls into the water, the shepherd does not say, I told you not to go to that place. You are going to drown today. The shepherd doesn't say that. What does the shepherd do? He takes his staff and extends grace to the sheep. The sheep, out of stubbornness sometimes, or foolishness, goes into the ticket of thorns and cannot get itself out. The shepherd doesn't say, you will perish inside that place. And goes, no. The shepherd takes the staff of grace and so, so when you are in trouble, you shouldn't run from God. You should run to God. 
When you're in trouble, if God is your shepherd, where should you go? To God. That's usually the difference between the sheep and the goats. You run to God. You know, when I do my laundry, when I used well, I, I still do my laundry. So, <clears throat> in the early days, I'll put, I just put all the clothes in the washing machine, you know, and I'll, and, and I'll bring them out and I'll complain to my wife. Ah, this white shirt is, is, is changing color. And she's like, of course it will change color. I said, what do you mean? She says, how did you wash it? It's like she always knows what you did wrong. As in, she goes, just goes straight to it. I said, I put everything together. I said, exactly. I said, why should I put everything together? It saves me more time. <laughs> she says, you separate the white from the colored. I said, hey. I said, I'm sure I'm the only man that knows that. <laughs> Most men don't know it. Or rather, most. Okay, so, she says, okay, you know what, I, I, I want to help you. You know? I have something. And I've been seeing that thing there, I didn't know what it is. And she showed me that thing. Women know this thing already, right? A man, if you know this thing, let me see, you're a man. You see, I, I want to be, oh, come on. Okay, just one. I want to be the only man that knows it here. <laughs> If you know this, where's Pastor Jude? Where is he? Where is he? Who else? Who knows this? Okay, of course, women know it, right? It's called a color catcher. So, I threw this with my wash load and I go and play my game. I don't worry about whether it's colored or it's not. Maybe I took two or three. You know what this does? When the washing machine is tumbling and spinning and rumbling and, and the colors are bleeding from the colored clothes, this absorbs the colors. When I bring out my clothes from the washing machine, my white is still white. It's a miracle. <laughs> you know, the things our wives know that we don't know is plenty. And, my, and I'm a happy man. But I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know, sometimes life spins you and turns you and tumbles you and bleeds on you and you should actually come out stained and dirty, not white. But God's grace comes into the equation and absorb all the colors. So even though you still went through all that, you came out strong and clean. And they're like, how? I have a color catcher. Let's put our hearts on the head. 
I want to pray with you today. If you are saying, Pastor, I need a shepherd that is all powerful and that is hundred percent loyal. I need a shepherd that has a rod of power, but yet has a staff of grace, has a color catcher in my life that even though I'm turning, I'm rumbling, I'm going up and down and everywhere, it can take the bleeding, take the stain and I come out clean. I want Jesus as my shepherd. I used to have him as my shepherd. I want to come back to him as my shepherd. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. You really want to pray this prayer. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now over your head. God bless you. God bless you, man. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother over there. That is me. Keep the hands up over your head. God bless you over there. That is me. I need Jesus, the all-powerful, 100% loyal. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. That is me. To be my shepherd. I want to give my life to him. I want to rededicate my life to him. He used to be my shepherd, but I went away. Right now, my life is tumbling and tumbling and I have stains, I have colors, I have things bleeding into my life. I need grace to catch it. That is me. Pray pray with me, Pastor. Put up that hand over your head. If you are online, the structures are scrolling. The structures are scrolling. The structures are scrolling. Rosa, he took her, said the man, be at the key as a boat. Roteke, Roteke, the batase, Mani and Dakaye, the Bahazi, and that is me. Just of us, let's, let's just talk to God about what we have heard. The rod and the staff. No, I'll go through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me. If your hands are, you lifted up your hands, you have the card, you can put on your hand, but talk to God, cry to God, cry to God. Have mercy upon me. Father, I pray for everyone that is surrendering to you. I ask that you step into this life, be their shepherd, and let your name. Father, we thank you.